Hey everyone, we want to welcome you to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. My name is Travis and I'm here with my incredible, lovely, all right, I'm in love, my wife, Dawn Reisinger. Wow, thank you for the great introduction, Travis. I appreciate that. My name is Dawn and I have been married to my husband, Travis, for 30 years. And you guys, we haven't been on air for the last couple of weeks, but we are back. We took some time off to enjoy our family, to travel a little bit, and honestly, just to be outside and enjoy yeah. the gorgeous weather. To live life, to really just kind of uh, take a deep breath yep. and really think through um, just all that we're doing, but really enjoying it at the same time. I don't know about you, Don, but the warmer weather has just done something to me. I mean, it thawed me out, but then it also like brought new life. Remember, it has just like back to uh, life. a week ago, I literally went 130,000 steps in one week. Yep, what, yep. what was that? Like 62 miles or I something? I know. It's crazy. I think our goal uh, lately has been it. like 20,000 steps a day. And you guys, obviously, we know we're runners, so we run in the morning. But man, at the end of the day, we want to look. And if we can get up to that 20,000 mile or steps, not miles, yeah. 20,000 step <laughs> mark, that's great. That's a great goal. And honestly, I can tell the difference. I just love being active. And so the more steps, I feel like the happier we are. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because it's kind of like a bonus, you know, we'll start off hard in the morning, but just to be able to get out and enjoy the weather. So just a few minutes, we're going to leave our new studio that we have here and we're going to head out and go for a nice yep, evening walk, yep. breathe some fresh air. Oh my gosh. Thank you, God. So grateful for the planet that he put us on. Well, if this is your first time joining us, we just want to let you know, remind you guys that we during the day, we are both pastors. We work at an incredible church. We get to work with people. We love people. We love telling people about Jesus. We love encouraging people. So we, it's just crazy that we both do the exact same thing. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of wild. But what's really fun about it, Don, is you and I are on a mission. We're missional we are, yep. people. And so we are on a mission of helping people find Jesus, but we're also living a missional life. Like we're super intentional about the things that we do and the things that we are wanting to accomplish. Right. And I think that's part of uh, what makes it extra fun, Don, to work on the same team with you at the same oh, church. Yeah, we're I at different it. campuses, yeah. but being pastors together and, and you're tearing it up, you're killing it. Oh, and we, just we really love fun. what we get to do. We just love people. Well, you guys, today, podcast of what we're going to talk about today is something, I don't know if you, Travis, if you ever had those weeks where you hear something like three times, like kind of similar, um, just concepts. Well, in this last week, I heard just a few things about like thermometers, thermostats, temperature, and then it started all started with this newscast that we saw just while we were sipping our coffee one morning, and it was a clip on um, the the news, the morning news about women and how cold they are at work. And so there's this phenomenon. I've never actually put words to it, but it makes sense. It's called women's winter. So do you know what that is, Travis? <laughs> I heard that, and I was so confused. I'm like, okay, women winter. I mean, is it involve pink jackets? I don't <laughs> right. know. I was like, I fluffy no, snow no, that's no, extra me, feminine. I, I couldn't figure let, it let out. Let me explain. So what women's winter is this? It's, it's simply this. Women are freezing cold at work 
in the summertime. <laughs> so here we're cold in the winter just because it's cold outside. But then summer hits and the air conditioner is so cold that you go to work and you have to actually wear more clothes in the summer at work or put a heater underneath your desk or have a blanket than you do in the winter because you're just freezing cold. So I looked this up. I actually looked this up. I'm like, oh, this is an interesting concept. And there was so many news articles, just newspaper clips on this phenomenon about these women, us and me in particular, that's always cold. Yeah. And I think I get what you're talking about, but you need to explain this a little bit more. Why women? Why not men? Like, why is there not a man's winter? And if it was a man's winter, like, would it involve steaks falling from the sky? Like the world's largest snowflakes, yeah. but they're brown and they're cooked steaks. I mean, like, why Why women? Why are okay. women cold? Honestly, in one of the articles that I read, it, science backs up this phenomenon because it says women are reportedly three times more likely than men to be cold at work during the summer. Um, it says that women tend to be just run a little bit cooler and men tend to, oh, gotcha. well, maybe, you know, maybe men want to be colder anyways, but women or men run hotter, women run colder. Yes. That makes sense. Yep. Yes. So if men run hotter, then we need to crank the AC and women want to put on a blanket, right? Right. Unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> um, but with that, so that was just one thing I heard. Well, then I was just listening to a podcast. You guys, I listen to podcasts every day. I love podcasts. I love messages. Anyway, anything you I can get my my you ears love, on. You love learning. Yes, That's, I just yeah. love to learn. Yeah, it's so well, fun. Uh, recently, there was just a, a podcast, and they were just talking about: Are you a thermometer or are you a thermostat? I'm like, oh, that's an interesting concept. Well, then we went out to eat, and something happened where Travis had to go and adjust a, a thermostat, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And then just today at work, there's something else where I was just really cold. I'm like, why are we just sitting here in cold? Let's adjust the um, thermostat. So again, I feel like there's like. Four, actually four or five things that kept going back to this. I'm like, let's talk about thermostats and thermometers yeah. today. And you and I, we've caught up a little bit over supper tonight, but I met with a coworker, a friend today, and he was actually talking about that same thing, how wow. there was one room, uh, you know, in his workplace that was like 58 degrees and they didn't understand why. Right. No. So kind of the same thing. Yeah. And, and I honestly, I'm just always cold. I'm glad I got lucky or blessed to marry you where we're, our temperatures are pretty close. Um, so we don't have the thermostat wars that other people have. By nature, I just kind of run cold. You but do. You, you know what yeah. the worst thing is? The worst thing is walking into a restaurant and having to pay to be cold while you're eating. I just can't stand that. You know me. Every time I walk into a restaurant, I, I make a joke with the the hostess and I say, hey, uh, can you see this in your warmest spot? And I'm I'm actually really serious. And they tend to either put us closer to the kitchen. Right. Where all the heat is. Warmer, yeah. um, or underneath a heater vent. And I love it. But in the summer, I don't want to be in an, under an air conditioning vent. But we've actually come away, you know, got a way around this, Travis. You've created this system. I love, I don't know if it's 100% legal, but it's something or that you do. ethical. <laughs> or ethical. But Travis, why don't you explain how you help us both not freeze in a restaurant. Yeah, I'm going to have to explain it now that somebody's <laughs> about to dial 911 yeah. and turn me over to the police. But yeah, here's the thing. Um, I have the same rule, as you know, Don, uh, like I cannot, will not pay to be cold. You know, you go out to a restaurant to eat great food, but it's also the experience. And you and I love going on dates. So we've gotten up after we've ordered water and we've decided, forget it. We aren't going to stay here. This is too cold. We've left. But 
most often, um, the first thing that when we walk in and they set us in a cold area, even though we've asked for a warm one, I immediately, this is where the bad part kicks in. I immediately start to look for a thermostat. And you're really good. You find them all the on time. On the wall. <laughs> yeah. Do. It's I, like you have this little radar, like where is the thermostat? Yeah. And I'm kind of an actor. I'm like, uh-uh, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I got to go to the bathroom. And I kind of jump up and I start walking around like I'm looking for the bathroom. And so often the thermostats, if they're there and available, I find them and you they're do. kind of hidden in different corners. And I don't crank it to 90. You don't, no. But I just reach over and crank it up two degrees or three degrees. You guys would be shocked what we have found thermostats on, like oh. 58 degrees, 61 64. degrees. And you're like, this is freezing. No wonder why we're cold and we can't take off our coat in a restaurant. Um, so if you're a restaurant owner, maybe just bump up the heat a little bit yeah. in the winter that, or turn down your air conditioning a little bit in the summer. Oh my gosh, that could help out so much. And don't turn me into the police, no. but honestly, <laughs> I'm not bashful. I'm not afraid to ask them to turn it up or to just look for a thermostat. Yeah, you're just and trying just to help out. Go bump it up because I'm pretty sure most of the other people there are dying yep. of frostbite and they're freezing Yeah, and we shivering. definitely realize that if we're cold, we can look around the room and people still have their coats on as well. Yeah, kind so of a bad sign just, when it's 95 help. degrees yeah. outside. So I love this because this podcast, what we're going to talk about a little bit today is just, are you a thermometer that tells the temperature or are you a thermostat that changes the temperature. And if you're changing the temperature, you're actually changing the atmosphere. So we're just going to kind of dig into this a little bit today. Yeah. And, and that's kind of an old adage saying something that's been around for a little bit, but I think it's such a good thing. Like you said, Don, you know, in this season of everybody talking about the temperature, especially inside in climate controlled environments. And that's a lot like our lives. They're climate controlled. They in are, other yes. words, we can have an impact on the temperature of the environment around us. Right. I, I was just having a meeting with the leader yesterday and I looked at her and I said, never underestimate estimate the power of your influence. Mm, I had heard that from somebody yep. a long time ago. And that's like turning up the thermostat yep. on the people around you, the environment around you. Like, no, I'm going to act this way, or I'm going to say this because I want to bring people up. I want right. to change the environment to be positive. It's funny because today at work, it was actually really chilly. And my coworkers, we all looked at each other and all of a sudden we're like, oh, it's cold in here. And we all started laughing. And then I'm like, wait, why? Why are we just going to sit here in the cold? No one was hot. And so I just walked over to the thermostat and I bumped it up just two degrees just, just to make it a little bit um, so it wasn't quite as cold. But what I didn't realize is that there, there was another two of my coworkers were meeting in the room right behind me. And the minute I turned it up just two degrees because it's the cooling and air you know, conditioner, the heater went on. And so this oh other my. room, all of a sudden the heater went on and they came out and they're like, what just happened? Who turned it on? And we all <laughs> bursted out laughing because I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just, it was really cold in here. We were all cold. Let's fix the, the, the temperature. Um, I didn't realize that the heater was going to kick on just for those two degrees to get up to the you know, the temperature that I wanted. That's crazy. But I wanted to do something. Why sit there in the cold? And the reason we bring that up today is because there are times we're not, not beyond our temperature, beyond if we're cold or if we're hot, that we walk into a room, we physically walk into a room and we can tell something's off. 
something's not right. We can tell that the atmosphere is cold, either maybe just personality wise or someone's frustrated or that awkwardness you walk into or you walk into a room where, man, like no one's talking. And we have the option or even into our house, we can walk into our house when we get home from work and we can pretty much quickly tell what the temperature is in our own house and we get to choose what are we going to do. And I'm not talking about the physically the cold or the hot of it. It's just the atmosphere, the emotions, the, the, all, the, all the pieces that you know, carry on in a house that make something feel hot or cold beyond the temperature. Yeah. And there's so many ways to do that. I think certainly positivity, but also walking into a room, not just being positive. And and I'm not talking about putting on an act or, you know, generating and putting out a feeling that you don't genuinely have. But if you're positive, let that come out of you. But it's also walking into a room and making sure people know that they're seen. Right. Oh, that's huge. I try to make a big habit of that where I walk into a room and I literally walk up to everybody in that room and I look them dead in the eye and I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, how's your morning or whatever? And and that's a a piece of bringing up that temperature in that room. Right. Yep. I think when I think of a thermometer, I think of someone who just walks in and kind of wants to be maybe served or they want to have it be a certain way for themselves. But if you're an actual like thermostat, you want to change the atmosphere in the whole entire room. You want everybody to be comfortable. You're not inward focus at that moment, you're outward focus and making sure that everybody else's needs are taken care of. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Don. And and we can do that with our words as well. I was talking to my team the other day, just kind of doing a teaching with them uh, in my workplace at, at church. And I, I was just challenging them. I said, you know, when it comes to our words and we walk in in the morning, one of the first things that should pop into our mind when we see a coworker, let's say that, you know, that coworker's uh, name is Ryan. We should immediately not not think, oh, you know, um, here's what I need. I need a cup of coffee or, boy, I, I want to, you know, go over to my desk and get this done or that done. We should immediately be thinking, what does Ryan need and how can I use my words to encourage him or to help fill his bucket to right, get him yep. what he needs? Yeah. So I think, Don, one of the biggest issues in life, you know, in our world, but really in individual people's lives is most of us are running at a deficit. Most of us, when we talk about filling our buckets, most of us have like a drop or two drops, maybe a tablespoon left in our bucket. And so the people around us, they're needing someone to kind of raise that temperature in the room and fill their bucket and bring that, Mm, maybe that kindness or that attention or those words or actions, things that are like, hey, I'm on the same team with you or whatever that is. But it's so important to be the person that says, I can control the thermostat. I can do something. I don't have to just sit here and let things be ho-hum or, you know, have people feel like they're forgotten or not seen. I think there's so many ways, so many things that we can do to control the temperature in our life, just in every area, in our homes, with our kids, in our churches, in the community, in gas stations, grocery stores, everywhere we go, we have the opportunity to be a thermostat. But it's so important to be able to, you have to be able to read the temperature, right? You have to be able to feel the temperature, but you don't have to stay at that temperature. You can change it. You can be that thermostat. Yeah. And it's so positive and it's so incredible to be in a room where it's ice cold and no one's talking to each other. And there's just like this elephant in the room and it's awkwardness. Mm, yeah. And you can walk in and you just start to brighten up people's souls and you begin to just kind of 
you know, let the love of God out. And all of a sudden it's like a bomb, a heat bomb goes off in the room and people start to go, man, I, I was miserable five minutes ago, but something just changed in this room. Sometimes they don't even know what it is, but they're like, they feel that joy bubbling right. up with inside of them. Well, what are some ways that we can control the temperature in our life, in our marriage, in our home, everywhere at what, how can we be the thermostat? I think honestly, first, we really just have to stop look around and observe. And honestly, just think of others more than ourselves in that moment. That's your outward focus. Um, maybe what are people saying? What is their body language communicating? Just really evaluate everything that's going on. And like, what is the temperature? You have to figure out the temperature if it's too hot or too cold in order to do anything about it first. So just stop and evaluate, observe. Yeah. You're, you're just saying pay attention. I yeah. think if there's a, a coworker, a friend or a neighbor where they're always bummed out or always yeah. grumpy. Well, well, you know that, but if it's somebody that because you're busy and you're in a hurry and you you know, you're just wanting to get things done, um, you might miss that person that isn't typically that way, but right. man, they're down. And so really paying attention. I love that. I think it's incredible. And I, I know for me, it's also, I'm an environment guy. I'm a hospitality guy. And so for me, it's like kind of sitting in that cold restaurant and going, do I like this environment? Do I like this temperature? Yeah. And it's so important to go, no, I'm not going to put up with this. I'm not going to live with this. I want it better for me. I want it better for my loved ones or the people around me. And really it's the title of this podcast. The name of this podcast actually is loving the fight. And we live in a world right now where it's time to, we, we have to fight for, to yep. make things better. And yep. we're not talking about violence. We're talking about love. We're talking about making the world a place where, where people feel God and they know truth. And so it, it's, it's saying, I don't like this temperature. I don't like this environment. Man, I'm going to turn it up. Right. I'm going to crank it. I'm going to find that thermostat on the wall, whatever that is, whether it's the kind word, like, like I said before, or maybe it's the action or whatever, but doing what you need to do. Yeah, so if you're not living or walking into a warm and inviting environment and you're walking into a cold, sterile, or hostile environment or something that's just not very inviting, be the change. Be the person like you, Travis, when you walk into a restaurant, you're looking for that thermostat and go and change it. Use your words, use your your actions, do whatever it can, whatever you can to help be the change. Maybe it's in yourself. Maybe personally, you're the one. Maybe I'm the one that's causing the temperature to either go way up or way, way down. Maybe I need the attitude adjustment. Or maybe there's something missing when it comes to marriage. Maybe there's something missing in your marriage right now. What is that missing piece? Um, so we can turn up our own personal temperature. And so we start, which we start with us basically be the change. Yeah. I think what you're talking about though is boldness. Hmm. Doesn't it take boldness to say, this isn't good. I can make it better. And instead of just kicking back and relaxing, just saying, okay, I'm going to get bold. I was having a conversation with some people today and I just said something and another person in the room said, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was thinking. And, and so it's really just being able to go, hey, I'm going to maybe speak what what needs to be said. Right, yep. Or like you said, Don, thinking about yourself and going, huh, okay, this is really not great about myself or my life. I need to change right. me. And that takes boldness, takes guts. 
you know, being scrappy and willing to do the hard work or to put yourself out there. I think it's really important to not underestimate your ability to encourage others to change. Like through our words, through our encouragement, our positivity, just our feedback, we can encourage others to change. Yeah. Think of the word encourage, right? It has the word courage in it. And it takes that courage to say, life's not about me anymore. It's not about what I'm going through. Don, I think of somebody recently that I heard that uh, she passed away. Uh, This woman had been fighting cancer for, I think, several years, and she passed away and and had a family, had kids. And so, um, you know, I, I think of courage, like we have people like that all around us and we might not even know what they're going through. They're going through maybe a deep, painful divorce or an addiction that just keeps hunting them down and going after them. And so we've got to be thinking, okay, I want to encourage others. So I need courage. Right. I need to muster up that courage. I need to make that happen and move forward with it. As you're talking about that, the verse in Hebrews 10, 24 just pops into my mind. It makes me really think about this. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. It goes on in there. It says, but encourage one another. We have the power within us to motivate others. And how do we do that? We do that through encouragement, through love, through words, just honestly, through listening and taking the time to really understand the temperature in the room. I agree with you, Travis. Sometimes we'll walk into a a situation and maybe something horrible just happened and we're going to come in and we're like, we have to make sure that we're reading the room, reading the right temperature. So we're not coming in and throwing everything off or like, there's a reason they may be down and maybe they just need someone to just talk to and listen and love on them. Or maybe they're down for reasons where they just need someone to encourage and motivate and love on them and be like, no, you can do it. You got this. Um, But really understanding that we have the power to make that happen through our words. Yeah. And why does this matter? Why is this all relevant? Because we're moms and dads, right? Right. Because we're coworkers or supervisors, because we're neighbors. Our neighbors are are going through so much in life today. And, And especially in the world today, there are so many things that are bombarding people with discouragement. Right. And I love this. It, it kind of goes with what you said initially at the beginning of this episode. Let us think of ways to motivate one yeah. another. It takes thought. Yeah, intentionality. It, yes. Yes. It's like, what am I missing here about, like I said earlier, Ryan, what am I missing? What's going on in this life? What's happening? And really, uh, you know, just paying attention. I think one of the coolest things of life is that we get to choose how we want to act and who we want to be. We get to choose if we want to be that thermometer where we're reading the temperature or the thermostat where we're changing the temperature. So who do you want to be, Travis? Like what in our life? And it's funny because this has a lot to do with marriage, but it's in every area of our life with our kids, with our jobs, in the grocery store, everywhere we go, we get to choose who we want to be. Yeah, Don, you know that I am super passionate about that topic. Yes, it has to do with intentionality, but this idea of making decisions. You know what's so cool, Don, is you're not making decisions for me. No, no one else no. is making decisions right. for me. I get to wake up and say, I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to eat right or I'm going to read my Bible. And these are those decisions. And so, you know, choosing to say, 
I'm going to be the one that takes the first step. I'm going to be the one that says the first kind thing. I'm going to be the one that does that act that helps maybe break the ice for the other person because it's an act of kindness. You're going to be the one that's finding that thermostat and changing the temperature (laughs) so your poor wife is not freezing cold all the time. (laughs) And and when they haul me off, they arrest me, handcuff me, and I'm driving off, you know, in the back of that squad car. Please enjoy that really good meal that you just, we ordered together and, uh, you know, the warm restaurant (laughs) that I created for you. Well, we just want to thank you for joining us today. It's always a highlight of our week when we're together. And we just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, guys, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.